With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, truth be told, Captain Ron here. We're at the 2020 uh, UFO Mega Conference in Laughlin, Nevada. And this gentleman, Brad Olson, was on our show about a year ago. Contact, I think you were on yeah. last. And uh, has been kind enough to sit down and talk to us a little bit. Now, the last time we talked at Contact, you had gone from Area 51 all the way to Argentina to Antarctica. Yeah, so, and back. And <laughs> Yeah, wow. What an amazing journey. T- tell us uh, what, what updates you have from Antarctica in the last year. Has there been anything else, any other news coming out of there? Yeah, yeah. I follow every news story that comes out of there. Uh, there was a crash going down to Antarctica a couple months ago. Is that right? Of a cargo plane going from Punta Serenas, Chile, to King George Island, right across the Drake Passage, and they have not found anything. Wow. No wreckage, no bodies, no nothing. So I think it uh. just attests to the uh, difficulty of sea and rescue. You said going over there was a hell of a thing. You got oh, sick and got everything. Sick, oh yeah. man! On the way down, took our Dramamine. It wasn't as big as seas coming back, but uh, it's just laying in your bunk for days at a time to do oh, it. Yeah. For you. So um. <clears throat> then, I've also been following other stories related to anything with the craft under the ice. With the now, why do they jump to it's a spaceship if it's that large? There's, this, there's supposedly. Some of the ice has melted. Now we can see this craft under the ice down there that some people have seen. You tried to go down to see it, actually, right? Was that the idea? Well, that was the idea. It's such a vast continent that getting around is not so easy. Right. Uh, We were just on a boat. We can only do day trips off the boat. So unless we got really lucky and something happened to be there. But um, been following this story about the Conan base in New Schwabenland, the old German claim. Yeah, and I have maps from the Cold War era. The Germans never left. They never left this new Schwabenland area. And one of the coordinates is for this, maybe it's not even a craft, some kind of massive machine. Right, and people call it the UFO or this craft, but it's so large, it seems to me like it could be something else. Like maybe it's a machine or a building or a plant or who knows. That's right. I showed in my presentation, and it is at the same coordinates of the Conan German base. Wow. So that's interesting. Yeah. They've, they've known about it since at least 1986 when I got this map from National Geographic during the Cold War. So a recent development was the Farsight Institute with Courtney Brown and some of the remote viewers. They got to this coordinates and they got inside this big machine and they said it's definitely something manufactured it's great big cavernous halls down there and 
when you get those kind of confirmations, those data point confirmations, this is my leading candidate for if there is something really Smoking out gun. of the world, yeah. under the ice, this is the place to go look for wow. it. Wow. And there's been uh, other little bits of smoke, like when they had the data dump for the guys that had the Fitbits. Yeah. And all these Illuminati people went down there, right? All right. these high-end people from the government and stuff. Yeah. and. It's interesting. I mean, it it's, is it's, interesting. It's, it's, it's just another piece of the puzzle. Why would they be going to Antarctica? That's right. And I have a friend that works down in McMurdo just about every season. He's there right now. He was there during the John Kerry visit, and they came in and out of McMurdo. And John Kerry just uh, went somewhere for a couple days. Nobody would say where. I mean, where do you go in Antarctica is the yeah. big thing. And you said there's really nothing there. It's only scientific people there, right? That's right. It's only science bases from certain countries. Yeah. You can have the military bringing in supplies or emergency evacuation, but per the Antarctica Treaty, there is no military exercise allowed. And so they don't want you blowing stuff up, shooting off missiles, practicing. Yeah. It's not allowed. So if another country sees you doing it, they'll tell on you. But the distances are quite vast, and I'm sure the military has certain presence for certain support capacities. But they're really not there to do anything that we've heard as far as uh, covering any of this stuff up or uh, maybe yeah. some of this craft is theirs that they couldn't get out. But there is a no leave-no-trace-behind policy, so you can't even build a base and say, I don't want to do anything here anymore and leave it. You have to pull everything out of there. Yeah, that's interesting. It's also interesting, isn't it? You said, I believe, that part of like near the South Pole is a no-fly zone. That's right. Why would that be? Why do you think that? Yeah. What's their explanation for that? Right. Well, they are doing these tests called the Ice Cube, which is under the ice, which are highly sensitive monitors. But my friend Bernie, who works at McMurdo, said they take in all their cargo via these big cat tracks, and mm. they also fly it in. So... Why do you need a no-fly zone if people can fly in? So it's over this one quadrant, and this is the, the quadrant near the South Pole that Brian S., one of Linda Moulton Howe's whistleblowers, said he saw this massive hole in the ice. It's like the Admiral Byrd stuff, right? They like the Admiral Byrd stuff, right, also near ago. the South Pole. Sure. So there again, you have connecting data points that yep. make you kind of wonder. Now the third one is the massive no-fly zone. They don't even let you go near there. It's a hard one to believe, though. I mean, that's a big, big leap of faith. <laughs> a big leap of faith to say there's a hole that big. But right. we do have this account from years ago from Admiral Byrd. Yeah. We do have an account from this guy, so it's interesting that there's at least another one. We need more. Yeah. Now, it seems like if, if this thing's under the ice, it seems like there'd be a way we could see it. Right. Like, like either from a satellite, Google Earth, something, right? Yeah. Well, I show in my presentation that Google Earth definitely masks out certain areas, yeah, and they do it rather sloppily. Like they'll just do it right across a hill line, and you can see the yeah. It looks the like there's square. a piece of tape yeah. over it. Yeah. yeah, just taped it out. So that's that's pretty common. But on the other hand, then they give us these uh, could be golden nuggets, or they could be red herrings. Something that shows signs that there may be antediluvian civilizations. But again, since the distances are so vast and it's so hard to corroborate any of this stuff or go visit these sites you may see on Google Earth, they just go unexplained, really. And Well, could this be something else? Could this be something that our government's using for whatever reason? I don't know, testing weather, whatever. 
and they just don't want to release that. I mean, could it be something as, as benign as that? It could be as benign as that. And you mentioned the Fitbit, and I did discover that one location where those Fitbits were uh, recorded, they're just doing a triathlon in the winter at the Union Glacier. I oh, is that right? Well, see, the there you go. Yeah, so sometimes there's very logical explanations for I mean, it. But we, this, I, when these stories come out and people just jump to these things, yeah. it's tough. But then it turns out it's as simple as that. It's simple you know? as that. But it is interesting how many dignitaries were going down there. Well, that's a fact, and they were. Um, and some of them were just disappearing for a couple of days, too. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and these guys weren't running marathons, believe me. I've seen Probably these not. Guys. They no, were not. Yeah. Too big a belly. Right. <laughs> how many... Uh, so, any other news about down there in Antarctica? Because there's talk about a pyramid. There's talk of other things that they're seeing, structures. Or do you think that's nonsense? Or do you think there's something to some of this? So, I spoke to a group that does private expeditions and I may have an opportunity to go down with a film crew next season they were looking at all the photos that I presented them and they were able to pretty much discount 80% of them and one of them was the classic pyramid that you see sticking out of the ice Sure. and they use a word called nun attack which is just an attractive rock feature sticking out of the ice but the fact that it is four sided almost perfectly symmetrical I asked, well, has anybody ever stopped there? Did you ever climb it? Did you ever get a sample? And I'm like, oh, no, we just fly over it. We just see it in the distance. So that could be on the wish list for somewhere to go and check out. Do you happen to know Dr. Sam? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, From the Bosnian I, I, Pyramid. I, I can't say his last name. It's Asanovic. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he he says that we've, we've got documented over 100,000 pyramids on Earth. Right. People don't realize that. And then the Bosnian one that he sort of scoped, I'd love to hear his opinion on, on, on the Antarctic one. Well, he was at my presentation, and he came up to me afterwards and says he gave, I gave a very well-balanced, fact-based, didn't speculate on my behalf what these things were, but just put it out there and said, hey, I can't explain these. These are the pictures that are out there. And I said, I, w- I just want you guys to make up your own mind. Awesome. And so I just try to be as factual as possible. On the other hand, I take a lot of criticism because I didn't find the big UFO or right. uh, Edge of Wonder interview, if you read the comments, or with Kerry Cassidy. It's yeah. like, he just went down to see the penguins. Well, we saw a lot of penguins. Right. It wasn't what I went to go see. But as far as I know, I'm the only researcher that actually went down there with the sole express purpose of trying to find some of this stuff It out. was so exciting when you were going. We were, like, mm. really excited about it. And that's, that just, just getting there was such an adventure. Yeah, yeah. And it was only one year ago and a week that yep. I was getting off the boat. It's crazy. In Southern Patagonia right around this time of year ago. You guys you had to go through getting sick. You had mm. to go through all the... the even the way you do it, it's just like from a movie where you have to go to the bar. you got to find a guy to get you over to get a transport. you got to... Yeah. It's not like this simple thing. You book uh, it on, uh, on, on Expedia and off you go. And it turns out even just getting the money through the banking systems of South America, oh my God. getting a transfer was very difficult. Uh, and we had to eventually just have to go to the ATM every day, and the max you could get out is $288. Oh. So it was $6,000 a person, and that is about the lowest you'll ever find. Wow. Yeah, th- those prices go up to twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. On some of the cruise ships. So you're going back to South America now, right? So I came back from South America a year ago. I'm doing my presentation tomorrow on the mysteries of South America, including some new theories about how the megaliths were formed. And we're talking about... Which ones did you look at? 
Which well, one was? just about all of them. Really? And, yeah, the Sacred Valley, Cusco, Sacsayhuaman, Machu Picchu, Oyete Tambo. All okay, the big ones. Right there. Pronounce that because I can say it good either. Oyente Tambo. This to me is one of my strongest favorite pieces of evidence oh. for something. Don't you think it's that's amazing? An, it's yeah. an amazing thing. Seeing it in person, give me a description of what, what, what that's like. Mm. Well, Brian Forrester pointed out that it is one of the oldest, if not the oldest, continuously inhabited towns on Earth. And the reason he can make that claim is much of the town, the foundations are megalithic blocks. You walk around the town square and just these huge, massive blocks, and then they inferior... They build on top of it. Yeah, yeah, inferior Spanish or even Incan rock work on top of it. But you come into the and town... And the cultures, Incas say this isn't us. They say right. that we built this, yeah. which is an interesting part. I'm sorry. And, 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 but you go into town, and, and on both sides you see a lot of their ruins, especially on the one side with those giant terraces that go up to the Temple of the Sun. Mm-hmm. And there you have 65-ton blocks that came from a mountaintop on the other side of the valley. That's the so one, how man. do you move those blocks? This is one of my favorite. Baalbek and that are my two favorite... Yeah. Incredible things. You can't, I haven't heard a good enough explanation of that yet. Mm-hmm. That's a long way to move an awfully big block. And then they have it with the little blocks in between so that it can yeah. handle earthquakes and stuff. Yeah. The engineering of this is incredible. Incredible. And what's it for? Right. Well, it, it's funny because oftentimes we'd have one of the uh, standard archaeologist tours next to us and hear what they had to say. And then right over there is Nassim Harriman and Brian Forrester and what they had to say were vastly different. And so the old stodgy archaeologists who really don't have an explanation would just say it was an unfinished Incan artifact. But then you go around the side of it, and then there's inferior rock stacks on top of it. So somebody was building on the inferior unfinished megalithic building. A lot of times those stories don't really make sense. But when we were talking with Nassim Harriman, who's a new physicist, Mm -hmm. talking about cold fusion as a way that the stone could have been um, extracted in a soft state, and then when it's fitted together, some of those most unusual connection lines, it is like those blocks were just melted in place together. And that's when you get the uh, marshmallowing effect and sometimes those little knobs on the lower part. Yeah. So it's like it was it was still drying, melting, and then... It looks like they were clay, and you melded them together, yeah. and, and they fit so perfectly, you can't get it. That's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And we see that in other places in the world, too. We do, in Egypt. But, but right there, it's, it's, it's amazing. And even stones that have, like, trowel marks in it, yeah. and, and impressions that people were molding the stone while it was soft. And since this is a, a solid stone object... It seems to me that, that, that the scientific community could come to some consensus because it's amazing how they don't really change. There's the old way of looking at it, and then some of these guys that you're talking about. I'm surprised they can't just study it and come to a, a scientific conclusion because it's rock. It's not like it's not very speculative. It's right there. Right. You think they could just study it and come to a uh, you know an agreed upon answer? Right problem with stone is you can't carbon date it so you never really can know but sometimes it has the patina or the layer of lichen or moss and sometimes that can be very old the layers so sometimes you can get lucky and get uh, at least it's that old 
and and often times throughout the world, Ron, everything's getting dated older and older and yeah, older. Yeah, keeps pushing back. Yeah, keeps pushing. Way even back. his Bosnian period uh, pyramid yeah. seems to be later. Thirty-three thousand years now, he's dating it. That's incredible. If it's true, it's incredible. Yeah. Because when we went to thirteen thousand for Gobekli Tepe, or twelve or thirteen, that's the new furthest for the megaliths. Right. Now we're going to go again. It's amazing. It's probably why he's gotten a lot of blowback because yeah. he's now dating his is older than all the rest. But for me, the Bosnian pyramid, what makes it so authentic is there's a whole series of tunnels under there. You can't just go there and fake tunnels. Come Absolutely. On. That was already there. Right. And, and why would they do that? Right. And then you get down there and all these things happen to people health-wise, the negative ions. The center of the pyramid is known to draw energy up and through it. Initiation chamber, like in the Great Pyramid with the King's Chamber. And they fill them in? Yeah. That's a weird thing, too. Yeah. I mean, that's an incredible story. I really like that one. What, what, what did you find most intriguing about this last trip to South America? Did, which, which artifacts did you look at that you thought, wow, this is... Well, there's a, a great wall above Cusco called Sacsayhuaman, and those megaliths are bigger than any I've ever seen around the world. Wow. Those get up to 150 tons. Jesus. And they're fitted perfectly on top of other massive rocks. And then they also make patterns like the paw of a puma. So they're like even playing around with the megalithic designs to amazing. give us different patterns and uh, animals in the rock. Is it amazing to be standing in front Truly of Truly amazing. Uh, a dream come true, really, to I actually bet. see it with my own eyes and be there right in front of the rocks. And then also the acoustic value. And then you can see how the uh, grass plain area would have been and still is to this day used for ceremony and different kind of uh, large gatherings and can people still go up there and do celebrations what do they say down there about do they still is there did you hear something unique about how it was done from the people down there do they have a different opinion well some of them do some don't i mean it depends who they work for really if you're working for a tour company and they tell you this is a script we want you to read then they'll read it um, but that was what was great about being with the Residence Academy is because a lot of the people on the trip were also Local. physicists or scientists. So, yeah, we had a couple locals come along, too. But mostly it was people from Europe or, or the U.S. and Canada. And they were smart as tacks, really incredible really? people. What did they along. think? How do they think these stones were moved of that they, size? Well, it, the whole concept then is of uh, auditive levitation, of finding the frequency of... A rock of this size and using some kind of auditive sounds which can render it weightless and the example I give is how a opera singer can shatter a wine glass with her voice so and we've there seen are them ways. do it in labs where yeah. they do little tiny That's cubes right. but they do it I think it's up to a bowling ball now pretty sizable oh, is that items right? too yeah. no and, and organic matter like frogs flipping around and interesting yeah so it's, it's getting more and more, so it's really only a matter of time before we say, Get to okay, 150 tons. <laughs> yeah, now we can do 150-ton megalith. Wow. Let's build another Sacsayhuaman wall. So that is the consensus. They feel that that's how it was done, huh? In our group, we did. Yeah. Yeah, the cold fusion to form the stones and fit them, and then uh, auditive levitation to get them over from the quarries. Interesting. Brad, it sounds like an awesome trip. Uh, what do you got next? Just doing a bunch of conferences all the way through the summer. I think I'll be in L.A. for Disclosure Fest oh, good. on June 20th. Okay, and then great. I'll we'll be, be uh, contacting the desert end of May. And I'm uh, well, going backwards beyond the Matrix, middle of April, and then Human Origins, early April. Awesome. 
So for Want to give folks out. where they can find you? Yeah, come to bradolson.com if you want to learn more about me. You can go to cccpublishing.com if you want to check out some of my books. I uh, also produced the How Weird Street Fair, howweird.org, on Sunday, May 3rd in San Francisco. Yep, you've been doing that a long time. 21st annual yep. coming up. Yep. Good for you, man. So, Hey, uh, for uh, Truth Be Told, I'm Ken. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. After on here at the 2020 UFO Mega Conference. 